Hey everybody, welcome to Regardless, You've Got This. I'm your host, Skylar Sorkin. Say hello to the syllabus for your 20-something soul. The syllabus you never received in college is finally making an appearance. This podcast will inspire you to create your very own 20-something syllabus, ultimately guiding you towards your sole purpose, regardless of self-doubt and what others think. Alrighty, let's just get to work. Welcome back to Regardless, the syllabus for evolving into your future self. Happy, happy Mother's Day to all the amazing mamas out there. And I hope everyone is taking some time just to reflect on the love and the gratitude for our mothers. And it's just, it's pretty amazing just to know how much you mean to me. And I would not have regardless without you. I would not be myself without you. You are seriously my role model, my mother, my sister, my personal trainer, chef, everything. So mom, I literally cannot imagine a world without you. I love you. I love you so much. Wow. You're everything. That's pretty amazing. Like you're literally everything. You're my therapist. You're my doctor. Yes. yes. Everything. You're made. I know. Sometimes. Uh, yeah, pretty much. So you guys can probably guess what we're talking about today. So in honor of Mother's Day, I couldn't obviously, obviously think of anyone better to be a guest speaker than my mother, Linda Sorkin. She is the woman who brought me into this world, raised me, and really is just gifted me with tools, resources, and resources, and everything that I share on regardless, um, really stems from Mama Sorkin. So mm. I'm really excited to have her on today's episode. Um, and you guys, with no further ado, I would love to introduce you all to my favorite woman in the entire world, my mother, Linda Sorkin. Um, And I would love to give you guys just a little bio on what my mother is, who she is, what she does, how she impacts this world. Linda Sorkin is a marriage and family therapist with a focus on helping clients overcome relationship issues, anxiety, mood disorders, self-worth challenges, and addictive behaviors. And really using a range of proven modalities, Linda really customizes a roadmap for each client's unique journey to self-discovery and freedom from suffering. And With her support, her clients gain mindful awareness, acceptance, and really action to achieve a life of peace and personal fulfillment. Linda is the definition of regardless, and she's also a certified yoga instructor and has been featured in the OM magazine, amongst others. And I also like to mention that my mother is also the chief of empowerment and support at regardless. Wow. Like literally she is. So you deserve that title. I love that. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. So mom, let's start things off. I'd love to just know a little bit more about what it was like for you to be in your 20s. So this is 20-something-year-old soul focused and beyond. So it's really applicable to anyone at any age. But I think it would be cool just because I'm 25 and a lot of my followers are 25, younger, a little bit younger, and maybe beyond that. Mm-hmm. would love mm-hmm. to just know what it was like for you to pick an impact driven career and like what made you decide to go after being a therapist and what was that experience like for you um and now you know being your age the impact that it's had for you and also your clients but start with number one I gave you kind of a yeah you gave me a lot and I also you paused with your age 
because I didn't want no, to. No, it's totally fine. But I was like, your age. Whoa. Anyways. Sky, Sorry, I didn't mean No, that. I love it. I love it. I love it. Hey, you know what? I don't deny it because it'd be denying my age. Okay. It'd be literally denying yeah. my life is denying yeah. my age. Or denying my age is denying my life, right? So first, let me say first off, this is such an honor, Skylar, to mm-hmm. be here with you. I can't even begin to tell you because from inception to where you are now, it has been oh, like skyrocketing. And I love Ooh, that. I love Ooh, that. I See, that. I like chief that. of empowerment yeah. and support. Seriously, I mean, skyrocketing. And even to know like when you were in college to hear the whole concept of regardless, yeah. like it's just been so seeding such amazing I think the amazing gifts and the tools and the wisdom mm-hmm. at your age and mm-hmm. you really just wanting to reach out and do things you know to support others is just it just holds so oh. near and dear to my heart I can't even begin to tell you second thing is oh my gosh that introduction what the heck can I just record that introduction like, yeah and you oh, were I'm, just me I know like that was crazy I need to just like play that in the morning like maybe when I wake up in the morning oh, you I'll set my you that's fabulous okay now 20s mm-hmm. oh my gosh I know very I think I felt pretty like looking back, like after college, it was a bit of shock and awe Yeah, because I don't believe when I graduated from UC Santa Barbara as well. Go Gauchos. Uh, Yes, go Gauchos. Um, I don't think I had the awareness and the wherewithal and Mm. the tool set to get out and do adulting. I'm like, what the heck? No. So I literally moved back home was kind of most of us, not, I wouldn't say most of us, but some of us do and kind of did some random jobs, worked for a modeling agency and worked for Lancome, Mm -hmm. things like that. And I just never really felt like tried to do real estate. Oh my gosh. I tried to take my real estate exam and I almost, I fell asleep every time I tried to study for the exam. I'm like, okay, this isn't working. So basically when you say, said like, how did I become a therapist or get into this field, I think it found me to Mm -hmm. be honest. So, um, I've always been somebody that's been a good listener, like a good friend. I've taken interest in people. I really like people. I felt like funny enough, being the youngest of four girls, I'm way younger. Mm -hmm. Well, oops, sorry, sisters. I'm not that much younger than (laughs) but I'm younger, but I always felt like they all had each other. So it almost felt like I was the little one Mm -hmm. out of everyone. But the reality is, I think like I learned a lot. I absorbed. I was able to be exposed to things by virtue of having three older sisters, which I think really helped me and inspired me in a lot of ways. Um, But really, when it came down to it, I had to find my calling. Mm. And I owe this to my mom too, because she was the one that's like, Linda, you, you're like really good with people. Why do you think about going back to school and becoming a therapist? And I'm like, really? Wow. So your mom kind of put that yeah. into your head. Okay. Yeah. That's and I was cool. like, because I, I just wasn't feeling no. motivated. No. I wasn't feeling inspired. I didn't have my, I didn't land in my passion. So I knew I had to like cultivate mm. that. So I did, I applied to grad school got in. So it was like eight months after graduating from um, Santa Barbara, I started at Pepperdine and I never looked back. 
Like it was, it was like a godsend. Oh like my god, so meant to be. So meant to be. Yeah. I loved it, loved it, loved it. And here I am. I've been, you know, licensed since 1991. Oh my gosh, made you myself. But um, you know, it just was something that it just was right. Mm. You know, when it's in alignment with yeah. you and you just feel on purpose. Mm. And it does not mean at all that there weren't challenges. Mm. Oh my gosh, were there challenges? And, um, I still had to like get out there and like with finding my internships and really putting myself in front of people and mind you, I was also younger. So Sky, you know, you and I are both little Scorpios, but I was a year younger. So I graduated from high school at 17 and then went into college. 17 is so young for high school and then going into college. Yeah. Like it's, that's and a lot happened at that yeah, time for me. I know. I you know, know, a lot of loss. And, you know, and I would even say, like, look at your losses mm. too. Cause when I think about the pain in my life, like, I think some of that inspired me oh, to go into the health. 100%. You know, I really do. I think it really kind of just started to see this part of me like, okay, there is pain. Mm. There's pain in life. And what am I going to do with this? I'm not mm. going to let this pain destroy me. But, and of course, I think I went the other way, which is pushing myself, mm. you know, being really ambitious and perfectionistic yeah. and things like that. But, but I have to say that, you know, my, I think my career, it, it did initially find me, if that yeah. makes sense. Well, I completely agree. I think that like in any sort of role, I think it comes with experiencing something that inspires you to pursue an activity or a hobby or a passion all the time and like I feel like therapy for you it involves it encompasses so many of your values and also I think a lot of the things that you specialize in or the things that you helped me with you've personally experienced yeah and like especially with like a lot of your eating disorder work Mm -hmm. and actually going into um the clinic yeah yeah like you probably wouldn't have had an attachment to that you wouldn't have probably signed up for that experience if you didn't personally have your own story absolutely yeah that's beautiful yeah that's really a good point is dig deep Mm -hmm. and see where like the sandpaper to your soul is yes And pay attention to that. Like, don't let that sandpaper continue to cause that irritation that erodes Mm. in your heart and your passion, but use that as an opportunity. Like, oh, that's contrast. Yeah. Like what's happening, you know? And I have to say too, that's really true, Sky. Like you, you focus or you find yourself attracted to the things. Mm -hmm. It's like attracts like, yeah, the magnetism, right? Um, And I would have to say too, even the things that were a struggle in my life being in this field, the really cool thing is it causes me to be Mm. a perpetual student. Mm. Like I never say I'm done growing ever. I would never say Then like life is over. Right. Like why? If you're not growing or things don't work out for you, then you're done. You're yeah. (laughs) Because things will always not work out. Totally. Totally. Sorry. No, no, you did it all. If you think about that, like. Yeah, I, I just met with that financial advisor guy and he oh. was like showing me like a graph because I was just, I've been stressed with work and he was showing it to me like this and how it's never going to be a linear journey um, in your career or in your personal life and how there's going to just be tons of ups and downs oh, yeah. and even plateauing and how like when, or not even plateauing because when it goes flat, 
like you're, you're, you're dead. Yeah. There's always going to be downs, downs, downs before we're able to hit our peaks. Mm. And typically when we hit our highest of peaks, like it's not going to stay like that. There was going to be, yeah, something's going to happen. So it's like, how can you maintain your resilience mm. and like have that regardless mindset? And I think that's, what's so amazing about what you're building is like a place for people to come to and work on whether it's positive psychology or, you know, healing past trauma or behaviors that are no longer serving them mm-hmm. so they can continue to grow even when they're hitting their like their yes. lives. You know what? I love that. I love that you use the analogy with finances and I'm not saying that that's no. my forte. Not even. But it's yeah. <laughs> but it's really true that yeah. even in life, you have to know, and I always say this to my clients, it's like growth is not a straight line. Mm. at all. So just like what you're describing, if you can visualize that in your life. So when you're hitting mm-hmm. those like pitfalls in the road or roadblocks, yeah. whatever it is that, you know, okay, this is, this is temporary. Yeah. And what are my workarounds yeah. and what do I need to learn from this? But the reality is it isn't a straight line. You're absolutely no. not right. So it's like, part of it is how can I learn to tolerate mm. the distress. Mm. Like when the market turns down or where my money's kind of like, or I'm not making enough or I've just spent this much money on this or that. Yeah. And like you're making that analogy. Same with our issues and our problems in life. It's like tolerating the distress when you're experiencing the distress. That's really interesting. And kind of looking at each part of your life mm-hmm. as um help me here. Like the little things that you turn up or down on a stereo volume. volume. Oh, yeah. Jesus <laughs> turning up and down certain volumes on different areas of your life. So frequency. like frequency, like let's say maybe it's friendships and maybe you decide mm-hmm. out of these friendships, I'm not going to maximize all of them because I, I don't have it in me right now. And then maybe you turn up the volume on like self-care, self-love. Mm-hmm. And then maybe like with work, maybe that's your focus right now, or maybe it's not. So I think it's kind of always checking in with your stereo, like your inner stereo of frequency. Yeah, I like that. And Because it's energy, right? It's energy and being like, okay, like it's not going to be the same. There's no way it can be the same. Yeah. Um, And do you need to turn it down or do you need to down exactly. it? Exactly. And that's, you talk a lot about that. Yeah. Like taking action in your life. How are you showing up? Yeah. Right? So that's yes, yeah, yes, my love. Anyways, we got a little bit. We into, did we digress. A we little. did. Sorry, but I would love to know from you, Mom, because as a therapist, you spend a lot of time listening and being there and supporting and holding others. And I've always admired your ability to be so sensitive and empowering, and you literally shine in every room you walk into, and not only you as an individual, but you allow others to shine and you make other people just feel seen and heard and loved. Mm-hmm. And you're also a mother. You have me, Nathan, dad, and you have a beautiful friends and a whole clientele. Like how do you step into a room with a client, listen, hold them, be a support system for them. Like even when you're not even in session, cause you're always texting them. Mm-hmm. How do you kind of keep I guess, like, how do you stay resilient and not make their problem your problem? Because I think this is really applicable to all of us with our friends or even in a relationship. 
how do you like prioritize yourself amidst all of this like noise and chaos? That's a good question. That's a really good question. Um, look, the truth is like when you said it's very similar yeah. to like your friendships yep. and your relationships and your partner, you know, there's, uh, there's a difference between segmenting your personal life and mm. then going, okay, this is my, my career. Okay. Mm. Um, there's so much to say about this, like, yeah. like managing that separation at work and even in my, in my life, like I do have to know where I end and others begin, mm. even with my kids, with you guys and yeah. with that. Um, it doesn't mean that there might be times like, look, I'm, I'm human. I'm going to have moments that I'm not feeling as resilient yeah. or I didn't sleep the night before or whatever it is that I might be feeling not as grounded. Yeah. So then that's like a full on sign and signal for me to feed myself, take care of myself before I step mm. into the space with my clients. Mm. And so it takes honestly with therapy, I get asked that a lot. Like, do you take your clients problems home with you and do, and I would say it takes years to learn how to separate. Like, of course, when I first started out or in certain um, populations, like the eating disorder population or certain personality characteristics or dynamics or traits or disorders that I'm dealing with, it might be more difficult or really high conflict clients. I will find myself Mm. off the clock, like thinking thinking about about it. it. And, but I also think that my ability to really join with the client and create a Mm. partnership actually does mean that I I do take to heart. I love, I literally can say, I love my clients. I love them as people. I want to champion their growth. So it's like, I have that sense of, you know, compassion and excitement for them. Like you feel for them. Yeah. Yeah. Like you feel everything they're going through because you know what's behind the curtain. Yes. Yeah. Where a lot of people don't really. Yeah. Or some people are maybe just, I went, maybe they're a little oblivious to some of this stuff or they may not be like, ah, whatever. Yeah. I mean, they're giving you their, their darkest, you know, like, so you feel to a highest extent. And what I must say to Sky, like I, I do not take that relationship, the therapist client relationship, like for granted. Yeah. I feel so blessed that they have welcomed me Mm. into their lives. That is like, that's a contract, right? You know, they've welcomed me into their lives. So I owe it to them and the therapeutic process and the therapeutic relationship to join in that partnership. But I'm not professing to know everything about them. They're the ones in the driver's seat. I'm just next to them in the passenger seat. Mm. You know, like if we're driving right now and like you're going and I might say, you may not know the roadblocks. Like my clients may not know what they, Mm. what's ahead of them because they're living their life based off the same thought process or the same you know, patterns of relating or limiting beliefs. And I might be kind of over here going, oh, we may want to get off Mm. the road here and let's just try this route. Mm. So 
you know, in this therapeutic process, you know yourself best. Yeah. Um, but I do, getting back to your question, I do have to prioritize my self-care. Yeah. And I typically give myself about 10 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes in between each session so I can release, mm. kind of cut the cords. I know that may sound weird, Smart. but energetically cut the cords and then begin to bring in the next person. Mm. So it might just be sitting for a few minutes and it always is doing my case notes and then closing, closing that, feels good. putting that away, right? And just sitting for a moment, waiting for that next um, beautiful person to arrive. That's so cool. It's kind of similar to like en energy healing. Yeah, yeah. Like where... I'm seeing an energy healer right now. Mm -hmm. And before she taps into my energy, of course, she does like her entire welcoming routine. Yeah. And then once it's done, she does like a welcoming or an exiting routine. Yeah. And it's similar to closing the book. And I think when you're mo mixing movement with energy. It is. It's all. It's kind of crazy. That's why I think the tapping works so well. The tapping mm -hmm. exercise to relieve your anxiety. Yeah. But yeah, it's pretty cool, mom. Getting into more about us. Yes. Because all of my friends always ask me, like, <laughs> how are you and your mom so freaking close? Because my mother, you guys, <laughs> we literally talk every single yeah. day. Yeah. Um, I mean, if we're not talking a day, it feels like we haven't talked for like a decade. Mm -hmm. Um, but we've always just had a very, very open beautiful supportive empowering relationship but you're nodding your head no I'm saying yes or was it just no yes I'm I'm like in the I'm in that frame you're of mind processing. Now. yeah going yeah. wow it's really true it's a really like did you have that with Nana yeah I've always had a really close relationship with Nana yeah. like I've always felt really safe and I always wanted my mom yeah. to be a part of my life mm -hmm. It may have been a little different because I think of my own experience mm. and my education process in psychology and relationships. Yeah, it's very different dynamic. It's very different. Yeah. You know, but, but my mom, as you know, with Nana would always, she was my, she, she was at all my games. She was in all my, I mean, she was always celebrating me. So, but I'm nodding my head, not like, oh, what is she talking yeah. about? <laughs> I'm not going, wow, yeah. Because I'm it's thinking really back funny. to when you were really little. Yeah, we've just had such oh. a close, open relationship. And, you know, I really want, I've been wanting to have her on regardless because I feel like mother-daughter relationships can be very challenging. Um, and, you know, we've of course have our moments. Like she's my mom, I'm her daughter. And, you know, we go through shit. Yeah, totally. But it's I think like we, Pollyanna. not even, not no mm -hmm. <laughs> she like hit me today in a dance class because of course I was taking up too much room like albatross in the room and it was the most crowded room <laughs> so I smacked her on her fanny and pushed her forward <laughs> but like we're you know we have yeah. our moments together yeah, and yeah. like I you know I quote unquote steal her like makeup and clothes but there's also a camera here oh, always <laughs> I don't know what that comes to. <laughs> I'm dead. But I don't know. I think you always have just created this space <laughs> of <laughs> unconditional love and support for me to just be unapologetically myself. So this is going to lead us into the question yeah. of 
What advice do you think you have for others who are my friends and my following who want to develop a similar relationship with their moms? Like, what what can mm. can I guess daughters do? And then we can kind of go into moms. But how can we be better daughters? And also, oh my gosh, sons as well. Duh. Yeah. How can we be a better child? Like, how, or or what do you yeah, think creates well, a good relationship? So, God, this is so good. Yeah, I know. Um, big questions. I'm like, this is gonna be like a joint effort. I think so too. So yeah, I think so too. Think like, okay, Mm -hmm. I've worked with gazillions of parents and teens, and and obviously even adult right now, even working with adult population, and they're still struggling with their aging parents, you know, and being too invasive or what have you. So this is a dynamic. Yeah. Mother, daughter, mother, son, father, daughter, parent, child, parent, child. Yeah. No matter if it's parent, younger child, teen, adult, doesn't matter. But what could you do or Nathan do better? I mean, like, you know, I think. Or not, not do better. I think it's more like, what do you think creates a very supportive beautiful solid mother daughter mother son relationship I mean for me I would say I can start I would say number one just as a mom creating a space for the child to be themselves yeah and like a a safe space for us to mess up yeah and for you not to like shame us for like totally being human and messing up yeah well and this is the thing too like it as a parent and even for yourselves, cause you're not parents yet. Most of you guys, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, so it's like what you're saying, Sky, look at when you make mistakes, yeah. right? Like if you can have with your child, um, the attitude of, you know, search for the magic in mistakes, mm-hmm. like mistakes are opportunities to correct whatever direction you're going on your path. So when you get an oops, it's like, yeah, like, okay, what? So you didn't get a good grade. What are we going to do about it? What do we need? Like, what do you, how are, especially how are you experiencing that? I think parents sometimes get like, there's either living vicariously through their child Mm. or they're projecting their own needs of like image. Like my child has to look, oh, this look a way certain way because it'll be a reflection of me. And the reality is you guys, you don't, when you have a child, you don't own that child. You are, you are given yeah. by the grace of heaven or whomever we're going to Moses, Jesus, Buddha, whomever yeah. from the universe, you've been given this beautiful baby, this creation of yeah. life. And as a parent, I think our job is to help guide that little, take care of that little Mm. being, obviously love that little being up as much as you can look and search for what the, Mm. what this little beings inner and outer gifts are. Right. Mm. And know you're going to come up against hard times, difficult, challenging moments. Um, but those moments, like you said, are, are opportunities. Yeah. Okay. To redirect, redirect, redirect. And, um, and I also feel when you don't own them, our responsibility is to turn out these well-adjusted mm. adults. I love the word well-adjusted. That's, and that's like, I look at you and Nathan, I'm like, that makes me feel like that's probably one of the greatest gifts in my life to see Nathan graduating tomorrow, 
seeing where you are in your path, where he's going on his path. And I'm like, dang. But you, I feel like we came out this way because you allowed us to mess up with not being ridiculed. You allowed us to be unapologetically ourselves. And I feel like whenever we, you know, came across a, an adversity or a hard time as a family or an individual yeah. situation, it was always like, like, okay, we're a team yeah, and we're going to work on this together. And you yeah. guys just, it was just you believing in us and like hearing you say, good job. Like, I'm so proud of you. Like, how do you feel? How did that make yes. you how feel? You, how did it make you feel? How do you feel about yeah. that? How do you experience mm-hmm. that? Are you proud of yourself? Yeah. Cause it's really, really wasn't about, no. it was your experience. And it, oh my gosh. Like I think about all the hard times, all the tears from like the I mean, that's a whole nother thing, but just the social drama. And, and I have to say as a parent too, when you become a parent and I I can only speak for myself if Stephen was here, it might be a little different, but once you're, once you have a child or once you you're pregnant, let's say, or you have that baby, it's like your heart is officially on the Mm -hmm. outside of your body. And it's like, it's like your nerves. Yeah, it literally is. So everything you and Nathan through yeah I it would take so much for me to go okay Linda Mm. don't say yeah you know and giving the space because I there would be times like I would be so upset you know like like how dare this this this, this, this happen and then I realized okay it's not my journey Mm. just hold space hold space and it doesn't mean that obviously when you like when we make mistakes as parents and I think this is what we tried to instill with you and Nate is to make amends yeah I never would profess that I was perfect and I made oopses and mistakes and I think Mm. it's really important to be able to go hmm like how did I yeah I messed up how did I handle that and you know apologize but say I'm gonna do better yeah that is such a huge thing to do with your kids Mm. Well, it shows that, I mean, you're always an example for us and your children. So if if you can't own up to your mistakes and make amends, then how is the child ever going to do that? And that's the other thing is modeling, knowing that your child is going to be such a sponge. They don't know anything. They come into the world totally pure, perfect, pure love. And when you start to see these issues start to percolate in one's Mm -hmm. life, it didn't come in, you know, you don't come in that no. way. It's because of the contrast and the relationships and the parental figures and coaches mm. and ballet instructors Oh and yeah, that start to reflect back who you are. And there were times that maybe you were reflected back things that I didn't feel were your truth. Mm. So part of that is like, okay, what do you need to have the tools and the wherewithal to filter through that? Yeah. So yes, you're going to be, you're going to have pain and pain's okay. Don't be afraid of it. That goes back again. Don't be afraid of the pain. We we get so used to avoiding, sidestepping, ignoring, suppressing the pain. What? We're human. Yeah. Like learn to like embrace that mm. and learn from that. You know what? One of my favorite things that you told me what? that still has stuck with me till this day, but I remember it was freshman year in college and I was going through that really crazy ass breakup. 
Oh Lord. And that was, that was like my first love. And <laughs> I was you guys, I was like heartbroken to the max. Like you know you when you were dying. I thought I was literally dying and you were on a plane going to Mexico to do a retreat. To do a yoga retreat. And I'm literally on the beach in IV. I, I literally thought I had to call like the ambulance. I did not know what I was gonna do. And I called you. And she was with one of our other close friends who's like an aunt to me. Um, and I just, oh my God, the most horrible feeling of just sadness, heartbreak, oh my God, not I'm feeling, feeling enough. Right yeah, now. I feel like, it too. God is, God is and, and I remember you saying, Sky, this is so beautiful right now. I want you to, if you can just try to understand how beautiful it is that you can feel and you know that you can love this deep. And that has always stuck with me. And even now to this day, when my friends are either going through heartbreak or a difficult situation or just feeling, and you're, you're seeing them go through a really hard experience, but like from the outside, you can see this is so beautiful though, that they're able to feel all these things because it says so much about them and you. Yeah. And so that has always stuck with me is that like actually pain is, you know, a door to growth. Growth. It's to connection, healing. Connection, inner, inner trust. Yeah. You know, it's, and our hearts were made in those moments. It's like our hearts are made to love, right? Yeah. That's not the only thing they're made no. to, and they will break, and they and it will hurt. Yeah. And so, oh my gosh, I'm just thinking about like quite a few of some cases that I'm working with with these beautiful women that are going through divorces or massive breakups, and just being in that process of holding them as they find themselves. Yeah. And you did. You always do. Yes. You always do. Yes. You always do, but you have to like commit to yourself. Oh, yeah. And commit to your future and commit to evolving because I think a lot of people will just like repeat the same stories yes, or the same. same patterns and it's like I feel like every single time I hit heartbreak or I hit rock bottom or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. I always, first of all, have like my people to turn to yes, and resources and processes that I know work for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm committed to getting out of that hole into the next peak. Ooh. And I feel like once you hit, this is cool. I feel like this is another mm-hmm. metaphor. Once you hit the next peak, you can see the other peak. And that's mm-hmm. life. Like you're always like, if you think, okay, once I get this, I'm going to be happy. Okay, well, once you're you get to the happy point, you're going to see the next happy mountain. It's going to be, that's life. Yeah. But yeah, that's really good. No, I love that. I love that. So if you look at the peak, so I always say to another um, metaphor um, is that visualize yourself like in life, Mm -hmm. you can see, okay, I'm climbing Mount Everest. Like you're looking at your career, you're building all your brand and you're working hard in your life and love, love anything. So in Mount Everest, you know, you have base camps. Mm. And so when you had that heartache, just stop at the base camp. That's cool. Just stop there, refuel, get your body feeling strong again, nourish yourself, heal whatever your heart, your body, even when we're doing this on a physical <laughs> level, then it's like, um, then when you start to feel yeah. that sense of resiliency, 
then you look at, okay, there's my next base camp. Mm -hmm. I am moving up there. And so, and it's like that life, you got to stop. You got to rest. You got to tend. You have to, or else you're going to just start slipping. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. That's good. Yeah. That's, I love the base camp. I'm feeling like I'm needing a base camp right now. Yeah. Yeah. Me kind of too. Yeah. It's because of that. This, there's a full moon in Scorpio and it's hitting my mom and I crazy this month. It's been (laughs) psycho over it. So, um, yeah. And so just one other last thing is, well, we can get it if we're talking, we're kind of talking about the motherhood. Well, yeah, but so we can still totally get into it. So I was just thinking like one of the big, big things with raising you and Nathan, um, I think, okay, you got to know that your kids come in differently. Mm. Nathan and you, you're very different. So different. Okay. And I love that. Like, I love the dichotomy of having the boy and the girl, you know, I'm yeah, very yeah. fortunate about that. I can be, have my girly girl. And even if you weren't girly, I don't, yeah. no, has no bearing. And then Nathan, who's my all boy. And, but what I'm going to say is like, you both came in with, a certain like personality, temperament, mm. energy level. Um, We're so oh different. Oh my gosh. And yet, so but also very similar. Yeah. I think the older you're getting, the more similar. you're starting to yeah. like see that alignment. Um, but I think with parenting and you guys, this is even in any sort of relationship, mm. whether it's your friendships, your colleagues, and for sure your romantic partners. Um is communication. Yeah. Okay. And people get very confused about communication. People think like, okay, I need to like figure out how to convince this person or when they're talking they're already thinking about what's the next thing they want to but they're say. Not present. They're not present. And so I think if we can just keep it really simple and go, look, the most important thing in communication is mm. between it's on either side of your head. It's your ears. It's listening. listening listening when we're not listening we're not connected Mm. we're not open we're not Mm. present we're not trying to understand the other person most people speak to be understood versus being in a place of understanding Mm. so don't go into something going i need to be understood even though we that's a reality But in conflictual or heightened times or painful times, it really is a process which can help with the empathic, like the empathy gene. Not everybody has empathy gene. I'm sorry, but you can develop it. Mm. Is really practicing on those listening skills. So the person feels safe to open up, right? And I think that was part of it with you, right? 200 million percent. Mm. Like whenever I want to vent, or I need to, like, I need a soundboard. You are my number one go-to person because you are such an amazing listener. Mm, and I love yeah, what you said about important. the communication skill. It's not about like you, no. it's, it's a group effort and you're a team. Yeah. And I think instead of having like your own goal, it's about having like a goal as, as um either if it's between two people or, or a family and correct me if I'm wrong, because this is like what you do for a living, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like to my understanding, I think it's like knowing your values as a family or in a relationship, my values for my partner to feel loved by me as for me to feel loved. So it's like having a goal of love and like being understood 
just having that as a goal at the end of any conversation, I think that's really all you need to have. And I think that sometimes in friendships or in romantic relationships or in a mother daughter or mother son relationship, it can be like, I just want to be right. Yeah. Being the goal Yeah, rather than it being, if our value is to love one another and to, for both of us to be heard, then the main priority should just be to listen yeah. and hold and be like, this is how I feel, but doesn't mean that it's actually reality. Right. I love that because I think what ends up happening, Skylar, is when we get in very heated, conflictual yeah. situations with our kids or our partners or friends, but mainly kids and partners, yeah. that can kind of, yeah. right. It's can fire up. Um, we have the tendency, what blocks the listening is the tendency to get defensive. Mm. Okay. Defensiveness is actually a defense mechanism. Yeah. Okay. So there's health into that. We, we don't want to rid our defense mechanisms. We don't want to, to like, just throw those out in the trash because there might be certain circumstances Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that you're like, Whoa, like this isn't good for me. Like this isn't healthy for me. So you need to heed that Mm. and maybe in those moments do something that is a protective measure. But what you were referring to, like if your focus is on love and your focus is in connection and your focus is in on maybe the partnership of helping each other grow, um, a little Zoe. (laughs) Our dog is dreaming. She's dreaming. She's dreaming. (laughs) Um, so defensive, you're when you get defensive and your your listening shuts down, she has something to say. It typically is it typically means you're feeling attacked, blamed, judged, criticized, mm. put down. So there's there's something happening. And you can also feel all of that at once. Yes. So yeah. both the, you know, two people or the mother and the child or the you know, partner you're feeling that oftentimes when there's too defensive then really part of that is like okay we just need to nothing's gonna yeah because you're in your fight you're not even you can't process in your prefrontal cortex at all at that time you're you're just seeing red right yeah and so you do have to like go sit on the toilet for like 30 minutes right or you have to like remove yourself from the situation or you have to like Find your breath again, right? Calm, somatically calm. Go on a walk. Body, go on a walk. Cry. Take a shower. Take, yeah, there's so many things that you Dance. can do. Yeah. yeah. So it it's not easy. Mm. And I certainly do not profess to have all the answers whatsoever. Um, but it's, you know, I love that you said if your goal and your objective and your value is to come from a place of love. Mm-hmm. And, and a place of understanding, understanding self and others. Yeah. That helps. And I think also being self-aware, like just knowing like how you show up affects someone else's experience and. Good. I love that sky. It's, you have to be self-aware. I mean, I could not imagine being parented by parents who were not self-aware or being in a relationship with a guy that was not self-aware because. How a lot, how do you do anything? Yeah, I know. Well, and that's the thing, like for, for those of you who are saying, well, how do you get your kid to, yeah. to become self-aware? Well, we can become self-aware anytime. You can make a decision after yeah. this and go, look, I want to learn more about myself. I say, write down your values. What are the things that you're so excited about? What are the things that you want to learn about mm. yourself? And then seek that, right? Mm. And then go with it. Yeah. And so with you and Nate, it would be like, 
let's say you would come home with an issue or a problem and oh, I'd be like, what do you think about that? Yep. What do you think's best? Or like how, how maybe, what did you do to maybe? Yeah. Oh, I always did that. You have to, I did. that's that, that creates a self-aware. Yeah, I did. Child. Okay. I did do that. Yeah. Which is now great. I'm like thinking I did like when there was a dynamic, like let's say a friendship issue, I would always like hear you mm-hmm. out. Right. And then I do remember, I'd be like, okay, what'd you do to contribute to the yeah, situation? Yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, was that harsh? But literally, it's so important where some parents like, well, like just want to, or they want to coddle the kid and say, oh, that other bad child or that person is so X, Y, and Z. And it's like, well, maybe, but what also did your kid do that can contribute to the dynamic or the situation? Because you're not going to change that other person. No. And so where the self-awareness comes in play is that whatever you did to contribute and you can take ownership for that, that's where you can change. That's where you have the control, not in trying to get no, this other person no. to change, right? So that was always what my intention was. And I, I think questions. now looking back, I, I completely get it. And yeah. I'm going to use the exact same thing on my children one day. <laughs> so just you wait, but that, no, I think it's, it's brilliant. I think, yeah, I think it's a, I hopefully it was there was a delicate balance between for sure. the empathy for sure. and compassion, and then having a moment after they've had the mm-hmm. cry. Eye. It's all it's yeah. all timing. Right. It, it is, is not timing. like I come home sobbing and she's like, "Well, what did you do yeah. <laughs> to fuck it up?" Yeah. <laughs> like no, <laughs> right, right. But I do think at some point it's like. Okay. And now you, oh, like, that's my first thing. I'm like, well, what am I doing to contribute to this issue? And sometimes I'm even now overly compassionate for people, which I'm working on. I think that comes with being a woman and And, just being overly sensitive, people pleasing and perfect. Oh, that's that we're not going to get into P's. today. Yeah, there's so much to talk about. And I keep looking down there. But so mom, I think that like <laughs> we pretty much answered a lot. Okay, good. Because so. now you guys, a lot of you have asked us some beautiful questions that we're very excited to answer. And this is actually the first episode ever where I'm answering um, questions oh. from my audience. Oh, yes. This is so fun. Okay, it. so we're just going to get started. Mom, are you excited? I love this. This is like so much fun. Okay, let's do it. Okay. So these are obviously all anonymous, um, but number one, what can I do to help with having an anxious attachment style? So maybe we should start off with like defining what an attachment style means for those who may be not sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, cool. So um, yeah, attachment, you're, you're going to hear a lot out there with attachment styles right now. It's a pretty kind of hot mm-hmm, topic, mm-hmm. Um, which I love because I think it's a great um, theory to help people understand and navigate their bonds, yep. right? They're bonding with another person. So attachment theory basically states like how you bonded with your primary caregiver mm-hmm. and given how that occurred in your life is typically how they see you will manifest a certain attachment style. And so there's four types, which I'm sure you've heard of. Yes. Yes. Okay. So the secure type, the anxious type, 
the avoidant attachment type. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth one, which you don't hear as much about, that's more the disorganized attachment type. Okay. So I think it's pretty self-explanatory right now, what secure is, what anxious is, what avoidant is, but the disorganized is kind of a mix yeah. between yeah. anxious and avoidant. So um, I hope that, does that? Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, great. Now, the question that the person came in clearly states that they're kind of experiencing more anxious, right? So typically the anxious type Mm -hmm. will tend to have more of an experience with abandonment, maybe fear of rejection, um, may have kind of a more difficult time trusting Mm. the relationship. They may feel a little bit more insecure about how the other person feels towards them. Mm. Um, They tend to be a little bit maybe more dependent upon their partner or create what you call codependency, attachment with their partners. Um, so those people may or may not have received more inconsistent responsiveness to their Mm. own personal needs when they were a kid. So they tend to really have want their needs to be met in a relationship. Um, so what it typically can look like or how it can manifest in a relationship is someone can become a little clingy. Got it. Or like needy. There. Yeah. 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 Needy, clingy. They might be pretty sensitive to maybe criticism mm-hmm. or maybe when their partner's starting to pull away or shut down, um, they might be a little bit more cognizant and aware of that. Um, they have a tendency to need a lot of approval mm-hmm. and reassurance from their partner. Sometimes they find it difficult to be alone. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever kind of experience that with people or, totally yeah so there's a little bit more of that we're with friends though yeah 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 right and you can kind of see that so they tend to be kind of highly sensitive too um but I don't know like working something that somebody can do to help with having an attachment style I think first and foremost is being super aware of where they're personally getting triggered. Mm-hmm. Like what are their personal insecurities, right? Where where do they find themselves feeling a little bit more on the anxious yep. side? Like the things that tr- trigger those anxiety and how ha- the anxiety and how they can work through that to begin to feel more self-assured. Mm-hmm. So part of that is developing more of the self-introspection, self-awareness, um, a lot of journaling work can be really good too. Um, but I think another thing that would be really important is to know what their triggers are, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. like if they're they're dating somebody who's avoidant. Yeah. Okay. They tend to be more drawn to an avoidant person because I think, first of all, I don't know if you've ever had this experience where you feel like someone comes on really strong. Oh, totally like love bombing. Yeah. So yeah. someone comes on really strong and so for the anxious, yeah. that's going to make them feel juicy. That's going to make them initially feel loved or wanted. Because it's so much attention at once. Exactly. It's like, oh my gosh, this feels so good. It's like a high almost. Yes. And you get like addicted to it. Yes. You just become obsessed. Yes. Yes. And then you're yeah. like, oh my God, this is my person. No. <laughs> well, first you might yeah, think that, yeah. right? You might you might have that feeling that it's like, oh my God, this person is so available. They really like me. They're totally into me. 
I mean, there's multiple things that someone does when they're interested in you, but the anxious attachment, what they'll tend to do is there's like an uptick or an increase in that, like mm-hmm. kind of yummy feeling where you start to bond and you get attached to them. Mm. Um, but then what often happens is they might confuse that intensity for love mm. and passion. And so with an avoidant, what tends to happen to them is if they start to feel their partner who's anxiously attached to them, if they're starting to feel their partner's partner's getting too clingy, they run away. Right. Yeah. Or if their partner's like, what are we like? What are we in this relationship? It's a major turn off. Yeah. Yeah. How how can we define this? Do you want to define this? Like, are we exclusive? Do you want to, you know, are you dating other people? Like oftentimes that the avoidance, like, oh my gosh, I just want to keep it like this. I'm kind of enjoying this. I don't want a commitment. But then as soon as that avoidant person's pulling away, the attached person starts that even more anxious and triggered. Yeah. So they keep triggering each other. Yeah. I think like maybe, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like if the anxious attachment style person could maybe start to connect more with, with more secure attachment styles, even though I think they may not be that into it at the beginning because mm-hmm. it's something so different. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if you know of that about yourself that you are anxious, mm-hmm. then maybe like if you meet a love bomber type of person or avoidant attachment style, then it should be maybe a sign that maybe this isn't good for for me and my my personality and how this will probably make me feel in the end. Absolutely, I think I think a hundred million percent is. It does help for everyone to understand yeah. different types of attachment styles and how they manifest in the dating world, let's say, mm-hmm. but you're right. It's like, give the secure people a chance. Oh, a hundred percent. You know, give them a chance Yeah, because when you give them a chance, it might not feel as like the intense, lusty, passionate, right? but like in the long term. If you give it time, it will turn into that mm-hmm. and it's going to be sustainable and you're going to feel, you're going to feel loved and there's going to be zero questions. I love that. And I also think I was just talking to my girlfriends about this, but like obsession is not healthy in my opinion. No. Like I remember when I like, you know, was dating guys before mm-hmm. and I would get like obsessed with someone and just my, my girlfriends, we've all have this in common that it's like we're obsessed kind of with the idea of someone or the unknown. And Mm -hmm. we're always like freaking out about it because we're obsessed with it and we can't stop thinking about it. And I feel like that kind of triggers the anxious attachment style is obsession. But I think being with a secure person and just knowing and not questioning anything is more of like a grounding love. Yeah. There's no obsession. Like what is there? Well, let me ask you, when you were in that state of mind or your friends, because that's such a good point. Yeah. When you have the obsessive mindset mindset about a guy, right? How does that cause you or anyone else to then start to behave? Well, you start acting different. Yes. You're not yourself. You start acting crazy. <laughs> and then your entire family and friends are like, what the freak is happening? Exactly. It's too much. And you're making this person... To be like a king. Yes. Or like some like non-human like Mm -hmm. God. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, you're making stories in your head. Like what are they actually 
How do they actually make you feel in the moment? What are their actions actually doing to show you that they're there, they're committed, they like you, rather than like clinging on to the text that you receive maybe every three weeks? Yeah. That's when you, it's not reality. Beautiful. Yeah. That's a sign where it's like, oh my gosh, like I'm making this person bigger than absolutely. But also why, what is this obsessing about? Where are the other aspects of my life that I may or may not be paying attention to? Mm. And then I think what you, what we tend to forget to do in those obsessing moments or the anxious obsession moments we put meaning or attention so much on the other person mm. that we forget we to go, yeah, and you forget to go, wait, whoa, whoa, what are my relationship needs? And be okay with it. Like, yeah, it's okay if you need a little more attention or you need. And like, don't feel bad about vocalizing that. Exactly. And also, I think by you vocalizing that sooner and finding, you know, the that connection, not the connection, like, just the gaps in the relationship, the quicker you will know that that is not meant to be for you. Mm -hmm. Honestly, the quicker that you can be yourself, the quicker that you really know their true colors and their intentions. I know it will hurt, but the better because you're not wasting your time. So true. So like it may hurt more, but like I always promise to myself, I'd much rather show up unapologetically me. And if you're on board with me and want to grow with me, let's do it. If not, okay, that sucks. It'll hurt for like maybe a week. Hmm. And then we're good on to like, what is meant for me? Yeah, that's really true. That's really true. And I think it's great too. When, when we're talking about the anxious style, when we're over-focusing on the other person, we tend to again, make it about them, but we forget to go, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. What do I actually need him from him or her, whoever that is? And are they providing that? Exactly. Like, just look at the facts. Yeah, that, yes. It's literally research and development. Mm-hmm. It's R&D. Like, how do they make me feel? Yeah. Versus like, how can I shift and no, change no. or morph myself in order to get them to come back and connect no. with me? And like, don't feel bad about your, your attachment style and know that like it can change and it Absolutely. doesn't define you. No. And like, I'm, I'm mostly secure, but if, you know, in the past when I was talking or, you know, had a situationship, whatever, with an avoidant yeah, guy, definitely. it made me freaking anxious as shit. Of course. So like it doesn't <laughs> like you're it can change depending on the person. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also really empowering because it goes to show that like you get to pick who you want to be with yeah. and you get to pick who you want to grow with and you get to pick what style works for you. Exactly. And I think there's probably too much um, dependency right now on the attachment style to give you every single detail about someone and how they operate. Mm-hmm, Cause mm-hmm. it's really hot and trending right now, mm-hmm. but there's so much more to it. Oh, absolutely. And I think if you can look at it too, that doesn't matter what style you are at some point, like, um, there are times in your life that you feel a sense, let's call it just threat. Mm. So when do you feel personally threatened in any type of yeah. relationship? And when you do, we have the tendency to want to protect ourselves from that threat. So for instance, an anxious, an mm-hmm. anxious attachment person tends to seek closeness when they feel threatened. Okay. Because they feel insecure or they feel afraid or they feel a sense of rejection or abandonment. So they're going to want to go after the person yeah. to feel that sense of safety again. Right. So it's like, <gasps> I feel scared. I feel threatened. I want closeness to make me feel better Mm. where the avoidant wants 
distance when they feel threatened. So I know who this right? is. Right? So when they feel threatened, they run for yeah, the hills. Yes. Which is, oh my gosh, going to trigger so much and the anxious. fear and the anxious. You, if you can kind of see the dance. It's crazy. It's like literally. um The push pull. Or th- the game. Checkers. Yeah. It probably. Yeah. <laughs> Checkers. <laughs> But I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. It is kind of that push-pull dynamic yeah. where when someone's this pulling move. away, you're like, should I send this text? If I send this, oh God, do you why do we complicate it so much? It's so stupid. It, well, it's don't so, beat yourself. I know. You can't. It, you, can't. you can't. Do Sorry. not beat yourself up when you have a certain style or when you just catch yourself doing things right? And then tend to that feeling of fear or threat that's starting to occur within Mm -hmm. yourself. And it's not going to be the other person that's going to reroute you and reground you and anchor you back into yourself. It's you. I love that. Regardless, Regardless. it starts with you, babies. That's good. Starts with you. Right? Mom, I think we answered that. That's good. That was a good one. I'm excited to hear what you guys think. Great. Okay. Number two question um, so cute. This isn't a question, just popping in to say I love you both. He he. Love. Okay, number three. That's so cute. Number three. How do I get my boyfriend's parents to see him slash us as adults and not in caps teenagers? A parentheses, they suck. Upset face. Oh God. All right. Um, mama. Oh gosh. Um, I'm sorry for that's not fun. Yeah. When I see this, I'm like, I I get it. And I wish I had a little bit more information. I wish I knew like, what are the specific behaviors that that are being expressed or shown or how do you, how are they interacting with you guys? Okay. So the first thing I have to say is from a parent, um, sometimes parents forget that their kids are developmentally Mm. progressing and that they're maturing and they know they have the chronological, like they know, okay, Skylar's 25. Mm. Um, so sometimes parents kind of Forget. I mean, kind of like they might go, they might still see the their child, their adult child as a child. Why? There can be several reasons. Okay. I don't know the dynamic, so I can't give real specific suggestions, but I can kind of give a some kind of a global view. View. Like I think sometimes yeah, the globes would be um does Okay, your boyfriend. I'm sure he's fabulous. Um, how is he showing up in the family system? How is he showing mm. up when he's around his parents? Mm. Okay. And the reason why I say that is because it is so common when we go back to our family of origin, yeah, we regress. Mm. And it's a really unconscious kind of thing because we can get triggered, right? And we may not even be cognizant of getting triggered at times. So 
we fall back into that pattern of relating and patterns that are habitual as far as relating to a parent or siblings, right? So I always say like, okay, have a plan. Like when you go back home, make sure you feel super grounded. You feel solid. You feel like sometimes even have like little rote comments you can make back Mm. given what, if there's a typical way that the parents are responding to you guys. Um, If the other thing is parents sometimes feel like they have a right to treat their kids, their adult children, like kids, meaning if they're still financially giving them money, um, um, like somehow like they're a little still dependent on their, their parents financially, or if their parents are infusing money into maybe a startup or a business. Interesting. Yeah. There's still, still like that the connection, ties, the ties. Yeah. Like a little bit of that purse string ties that they want. And this is all unconscious typically, right? They still want that control and that say, and I know best, I know better, Mm. which will go back to even what we said before. It isn't about the parent. It's about Mm. really, you know, you knowing what's right for you. So that's one thing as far as the parents, maybe perspective. Um, And when parents be like, if there's something like that going on, then it's really easy to fall back into the old pattern. And they may not even be aware of it. No, it may just, it's just, it's, it's like habit. Yeah. Um, now what you can do, and this is, this isn't easy, um, but really get clear on what are the things that are causing you that frustration, irritation, annoyance, like you said, they suck. So what's going on? Can you find a way to set boundaries. This is all about boundary setting. Okay. Um, there have been lots of times that families, adult and adult children and their parents I've done therapy with Mm. because they have not found ways of properly communicating to each other. And they haven't found that clear way of separating and delineating, um, you know, the relationship. Um, so, I say like, if there's certain things that this, these parents are doing, then I would suggest you go, okay, how can I start? And it's not, is this the girlfriend? This is the girlfriend. Okay. So the it's boyfriend's not, Yeah. So it's tough. not really, there's nothing, there's nothing you, you can, can do that really have to do because it's his parents. So I would say the onus would probably fall on him more so to begin to gently start going, you know, mom, dad, I, I really don't appreciate when X, Y, and Z, and this is how I would like us to handle this dynamic moving mm-hmm. forward. Sometimes you have to say that like lots for it to get through. Um, you know, if it's really a pretty painful, challenging situation, then maybe when you guys visit, you don't stay there or there's lots of things that you can do, but I think it's about learning to show up like an adult, Mm. behave like an adult, which I'm sure you two are doing, um, and be able to work through, maybe like start to address the issues. With with the parents, like just communicate it with them. Yeah. Yeah. And you being the girlfriend, you know, maybe support your boy through that. Maybe he won't know how, so you may need to be like, look, I think this is good. I think this is healthy. Yeah. That we may set these boundaries with them. Um, but also again, I don't know the dynamic of these parents and like what specifically is happening, but for sure it is be cognizant aware of how you're showing up. 
you know, um, is there any still some sort of control around finances? Yeah. Um, if there's like criticism put down, you don't need to deal with that. That's when the, you know, you're adults, you don't need to be treated like a little child. No, it's no. I'm sorry, whomever is going to this, we love you. Do you have anything else to say? No, I think, and that's like a really tough question. So I'm happy my mama was here. Also, I'll give you, I'll give everyone her information um, post episode. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay. Question number four, serious dope. Sick. Um, (laughs) I think this person likes what we're doing. Oh, got it. Um, Number five. How did your mother make you feel safe to share your emotions growing up? I think we kind of got into this, but I mean, I feel like this is kind of a question for me. Yeah, it is. I would say, again, my mother just always held a safe space for my brother and I. Um, She would never judge. I think that I always knew if I was bringing a problem to her, I would feel held, more supported, and I would know that I was growing after the conversation, which came after just obviously tons of, of trials of, of getting hurt and messing up, but just my mother always, always just allowing me to mess up and loving me regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another, another reason for that, um, how did your mother make you feel so safe to share your emotions growing up? I think she shared hers yeah, too. Oh, kind of I think that like my mom was a mirror to me, um, was just, my parents are both human. Like, and you come to, uh, you always came to us for different, like, Oh purposes. yeah. Like I go to my mom a lot for like a lot of emotional tribulations. Tri- 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tribulations. Right. Did you have now like a reason? Trials yeah. and tribulations. Yeah. Tribulation. Yeah, tribulation. <laughs> um, there's everything in the emotional arena and relationships, um, whether that's friendships to guys. Um, Lots of things. Yes. And then my father, um, I go my dad still with a lot of friendship stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of everything with um, just career oriented yeah. business stuff. Um, my dad is the one to go to. He's freaking amazing with that. And also he's an insane communicator. Yeah. Um, both of you guys are. But again, like I think both you and dad have just been human with me. Yeah, I think. And yeah, really real. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. I, and I, and honest, like as a parent, I love, like, I love this. Story. Yeah. I'm like, what's up? What's going on? Like, and you always you know, are interested. interested. I'm always, yeah, interested. I'm always My mom interested. is always interested. Yeah. I've always been curious. I mean, of course, maybe in college when there were certain things, I'm like, oh, oh my God. Skylar. But she was always so great. She'd be like, mom, you'd always preface. Oh, yeah. You'd like, always preface things like, I just want to tell you something. And she'd tell me and I'd be like, okay. Like, like, how just, do you feel? Yeah, no, it's yeah, so I, funny. Like, <laughs> I remember in college, like, I don't know. I just feel like, I feel like some of my girlfriends can relate, but like, if I did something that I wasn't totally proud of, or like it happened, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and like, I literally would let like days go by or a week. And I'm like, oh my God, how much longer can I go without like telling my mom? Like, I'm like, another day went by. Oh my God. Like, it's just eating at me. And they're like, mom, I have to tell you something. And then like my mom kind of like guessed, like she always, I like always moms always know and they always know best. And like, she's like sky. And I'm like, yeah, like it happened. And I think we all know what I'm talking about, but 
my mom just always held space for me to be me, be human and would always like, it wasn't about her. It was about me. And just like, how do you feel like, okay, like what can we do to make you feel better? Or like, mm-hmm. how can we get into solution mode? Yeah. What are you um, needing? What are you needing? And just again, yeah. and she, what did you learn? What did always, I learn? Always what, what learn I learned from this situation. Like, what's your takeaway girl? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And Oh my gosh. And loving so me like regardless of all of that. Yeah, totally. Oh my God. I I was your age. Like she gets it. And your mom gets it. Like your mother gets it. Hopefully, right? I mean, hopefully, yeah. Maybe some don't. No. I don't know. But I, I get it. So you can call me. Yeah. Mom gets it. Mama Sorkin. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that yeah, we, hopefully that. Yeah. Hopefully that covers it. But we might have a different. Yeah. I don't know. Have I don't know interesting okay number six how do you communicate interest to a twin flame with a boyfriend interesting question this is good this is weird it's a little weird but like not really but I I you know I can understand that I mean that is a real question that is a real question we need to deal with it okay so how do wait how where is it again how do you communicate communicate interest to a twin flame with a boyfriend okay do you want me to go first? You can go first, mom. Hmm. Okay. First of all, mm. you're making the assumption it's a twin flame. That is powerful. So I'm kind of like, look, let's let's dive into the twin flame situation first. Twin flames, um, like, of course, it's kind of woo-woo, right? But literally, it's like- You're a soulmate. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's someone who's similar to you. That twin. So it's like you see yourself in that other mm. person. Okay. And so there's something about that. So this person, how do you communicate with twin? Okay. So this, okay. So if you already feel that this person is your twin flame and they already have a boyfriend, did they ever speak up to begin with? Or now are they saying, oh, I want to communicate interest? And, and they already have a boyfriend. So is it, mm. so that, that could go back to attachment thing. It could. Maybe, right? maybe you're more attracted to this yeah, person because they have a boyfriend now and they're, they're taken. Yeah. Yeah. So yes. Right. So yeah. it could be, you know, and it's kind of like, it's like you know, fun. Yeah. It, it turns up the it's, yeah, volume of for content. men, especially yeah. because you guys are crazy. So I would say like, why didn't you communicate yeah. before? Um, if, if they always had a boyfriend, then back out, like what? You shouldn't be in that dynamic with this person, but look at the twin flame. I would say to this person, you see yourself in this guy mm-hmm. or girl. Okay. So what are you seeing in this guy or girl? Why is this twin flame showing up in your life? Mm-hmm. And what can you learn from that person? What is this person doing that you're finding so captivating and interesting that you're wanting to communicate your interest to them. I love that. Right. I love that. And I think also a twin flame can be a best friend. Yeah. Yes. Like I have a twin flame, best friend, like Daniela, like we're lit, like love her to death. Like if I can marry her, like I would, but I'm very happy in my relationship, but I'm saying like, She's still a twin flame. Yes. But it doesn't mean that we have to be like in a romantic relationship yeah. together. Yeah. But I think that like, and also that you're, you're attracting twin flame energy in your life 
mean that like it's happening, it's coming. And that only means that you're probably only going to be attracting more twin flame energy. Yeah. Yeah. And also twin flame, like it, it's, it can be good, but also can be really be, toxic. I don't think I'd want to date my twin flame. No, because it could be very like, it also, we also you mirror to your partner. So if you're both like kind of the same people, no. like, where are you flaming? Like, are you flaming off of that? <laughs> you know, there's negativity, right? Yeah, the intensity you of your personality. Yeah. Are you? And then, so that can be kind of a toxic, toxic bonding. I'm really liking you know? this yin and yang vibe. Interesting. I think the yin and yang yeah. vibe works beautifully for a relationship. Yeah. And I think twin flame energy and like a friendship is awesome. But again, there's something beautiful about like opposite flames. Yeah, yeah. Because you can yeah. learn so much from yeah. one another. And even the twin flame, like this person could absolutely go, hmm, what is it that I am seeing? What do I, how, you know, how do I see myself in this person? What is it that's drawing me, me to this person? this person? And what do I want to learn from that? I love it. Right? I think that was beautiful, mom. Oh, okay. Number seven, how to deal with many of your friends and relationships and you aren't in one. Oh, wow. This is a great relation. I mean, a great question. Um, and I, I experienced that at one point for shiz mom. Okay. How to do that. Okay. First thing I would say mm -hmm. it's hard. Okay. Go inside. So there's an inner perspective and an outer perspective. The inner perspective is what's going on inside mm. of you, okay? When all your friends are in this relationship and you feel like you're the only one that's not, or, you know what I'm saying? You just got out of one. Like the reality is that hurts. Like honor, acknowledge that you feel more, you feel a lot lonely or you feel a little isolated or you feel like, oh crud, I'm not fitting in mm. with these couple, this couple stuff right now. So just take the time to normalize and validate what it is you're feeling and what feelings are starting yeah, to drop, yeah. come up, okay? So, and then I'd also start to say, okay, what story are you telling mm. yourself about not being in a relationship? What story are you telling yourself in comparison to your friends? Um, I think that's a real big one yeah. is paying attention to what's going on within your mind and what conclusions you're drawing about yourself. Um, you can journal about that, that, that can That's really help one. to like, kind of just dig into the emotional place and also the dialogue that's going on up here, which will cause you to feel separation yeah. from others. Um, and then I would say like, okay, when you get that all out, maybe you can kind of have a shining, mm -hmm. like a silver lining moment. Okay. Where you can go, okay, right now I'm going to find five things in my life. And they don't have to be massive, but five things in your life that are going well yeah. for you. Five things in your life that are exciting you, motivating you. Um, where is it in your life that you feel like you're contributing to um, just to yourself? Yeah. And what's it like? Like, who are you mm. and who do you want to mm. be outside of a relationship? Yeah. Because then we start to go, oh, gosh. You know, you get in that like, oh, gosh, I'm not in a relationship. My life is over. And it's like, no, no, not no, no, even, no, 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 it's not, you know, it's okay. Like love up on yourself with that. Now that's the inner, um, the outer piece of it is I would say, okay, babe, how are your friend? How are your friendships? Like, are your friends still showing up for you? Mm -hmm. 
you know, and of course, when friends are in new relationships, they're dedicating a lot of time and energy to those friends, those that boyfriend or girlfriend relationship, because you need to take that time to see that. And girls in particular, I'd say too, but maybe more so girls. I think kind of both, but I think for sure girls, we get a little bit, um, like in over our head. Yeah. And over your head and just like, you know, you don't want to make life all about the guy. Um, cause life isn't all about the guy. Okay. Um, and you do want to work towards, and this is a whole nother thing, but working towards more interdependence mm-hmm. in the relationship versus the codependency. Yeah. And that's yep. a whole nother kit and caboodle. Um, but I would say like, check in with your friend. Like if you feel this is a more you thing, then of course go to the inner work. If you feel, and I would do that regardless Um, if you feel there's also kind of a dynamic shift and change and it's going on too long with your friend, then bring it up with her. She may not know, right? Yeah. She may not know. Or just tell her like you miss her and like make plans to see her. And I think also timing is really crucial. I know that for me, like at the beginning of my relationship, as a friend who was in a relation, a new relationship, I was feeling guilty that I wasn't seeing my friends as yes, much. Yeah. And so like check in with your girlfriend, like she may be like struggling and not struggling, but she may be conscious that she hasn't seen her girlfriends as much. And yeah, maybe just starting that, that dialogue would be very, very healthy for her and you, because you're getting that reassurance that she's there for you. She loves you. And also, she's getting that reassurance that you've never left, that you're still there, that you're not leaving. Yeah. And that also, again, seeding a new relationship is like so important because like you're never going to have that time again if that love is to stay. Yeah. And knowing that being single, oh my God, I would not be who I am without being single most of my life. Yeah. Until yeah. now, because yeah. I've had so much time to sit be live life experience amazing situations that you cannot experience having a boyfriend like I and it's so it can be so much it can fun be an adventure it's adventure it's being curious and also yeah. like the growth and like the priority yeah. that you can put into yourself and your dreams and your even your present self yeah is freaking insane yeah like <clears throat> love it up because once you're in a relationship like you're you're gonna miss parts of that And I know it can feel so hard right now. I get it. But the work and the beauty that can show up in being with yourself. Yeah. Like it's invaluable. Yeah. I think that's huge. Like love it. Try to love it. And yeah. And it's hard when you're coming from a place of depletion. Yeah. It's hard when you're coming from a place of I'm not enough. Yeah. And so that's where I want you to shift the narrative and that's the inner work. Mm. That's the hard work. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. You want to do that regardless. You know, um, the other thing that I would always say to Sky yeah. is you would say things like, she is so funny. Like when she was single and like kind of dating and yeah. she'd be like, I want a boyfriend. I just want a boyfriend. I'm like, oh, this oh, is funny. Okay. And then she'd be like, but I really don't have time for a boyfriend because I'm so busy. And I just love my friends. And but I kind of, I kind of want a relationship. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is going to be a little woo woo. But what I'm going to say is girl, didn't I say this to you? Mm -hmm. What message are you giving to the universe? You keep giving the universe mixed messages. You can be in a relationship. You can be with your friends. Mm -hmm. You can still have a job and career. Just be clear of what you're communicating to the The universe, universe, your angels, your guides. And so she's like, Oh, 
because I was giving it all this, like, I'm like, I want a boyfriend. Wait, no, I don't. Fuck that. Yeah. I want a boyfriend. Nope. It was crazy. Exhausting. Right. So what are you confusing? Right. But so ask yourself, what am I calling in? What am I calling forward? And be very intentional in what I did. Which, vision, right? Tell her the truth. Oh my God. What I did. Okay. This is when I was like, knew I was ready. Like I felt him. I knew it was happening. And you did. I did. And I literally every single, this is when I was doing just a lot of self-work, oh, getting God. ready for a new job and well, that's the inner working work. with Sage, a lot of inner work. Yeah. Um, I would go to the beach every Saturday for like four months and I would journal about the next person in my life that I was going to call in. And I would literally journal, not like a checklist about his qualities, blah, 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 blah. Like what he looked like, whatever the fuck. No, it was, how do I want to feel? So I literally journaled, how do I want to feel when I'm in the presence of this man? How do I want to feel? And I journaled about it for, you know, a couple of weeks. And I literally took my journal I closed it. Sorry. No, I closed it and I put it away for three months. Did not look at it. Didn't think about it. Just continued to be in my high valued power as a single woman. who was just awesome. I love that. And look and look where, when you feel that love, when you feel that sense of self love and you're practicing self-compassion, right? Then Look how you're showing up. Oh my gosh. Men and women and yeah. and bugs, animals yes. <laughs> cling on to that, yes. people. Yeah. They they want it yeah. because it's beautiful energy. It's regardless yeah. energy. It's like it is. regardless of what happens tonight at this event, I'm me, I love me, I'm showing up, and you vibe with me or you don't. Yeah, or you don't. And that's what people love because loving you people people want to be with people who love themselves because when you love yourself that's when you can love others yeah so that is the energy that I was really embodying to when I called in my now relationship who's like I adore him and it's been so beautiful but like I had to just feel it on every single aspect I had to be all the things I wanted to feel with him you have to be all of that in order to attract it. And so, and that's like the manifesting, mm-hmm. right? Manifesting, you're not manifesting through your thoughts. You're manifesting through your feeling mm. and, and doing, yeah. And doing, and taking action. Yeah. Right. And so getting out of your way, which is the inner work, Yeah. right? That's the inner work. Check the outer, which is like, Ooh, how's my friendship doing? Right. Address what needs to address and then go, what is the languaging I'm using and as it relates to a relationship? Language is very right? powerful. Right? That was like language is huge. And that's where you were giving the mixed yeah. messages to the universe. So you're reading, you're getting out of your way. You're moving, you're seeing the obstacles. You're showing reverence for those obstacles. Yeah. And then you find ways to move through that. And another thing that I'm seeing a lot with my friends is that they keep on attracting the same type of guy oh. and the same type of issue. Oh, and yeah, that's, that's because it. they're not like getting, they're, they're keep on allowing certain behaviors back in their lives. And uh-huh. like, they're repeating these stories again, because like you go back to sleep. Yeah. yeah. Unless you're resolving the stuff that goes back to the attachment stuff too. And your insecurities, it's all about us. You got to do the inner work, babes. It's inner work. You really do. Regardless of what's showing up, you got to do the inner work. 
Love it. Number nine. How did you raise such an amazing daughter? Top son. Oh, so I think we talked. No, we did. I think that was just a compliment. I think like, yeah, you're freaking awesome. Because of you, mama. I just love you. I freaking love you. I'm so proud of you. You know how we said what I say to you last night before you went to bed? She goes, Sky, you're so cute. I was like laying in bed and she was like, I just want to be you when I grow up. Yeah. Yeah. So proud of you. That's how I feel about you. It's really amazing. And that's the thing, guys, like it, there's nothing. I can't even tell you. It's so wonderful Mm. to see your kids, right? To see, I mean, you don't know this yet, but you could, you could identify this with your friends, you know, when you can see your friends have a success, like to be in that space of like, just or your sibling or your sibling or your boyfriend, girlfriend, yeah, anyone. And you could just be like, wow. Like, just like you feel it. I do. I think it's such an amazing thing to see. And it's not like I'm living vicariously through you. I'm able to like mm. continue to shine that light on you, the spotlight on you. Right. Um, like you're energized by it. Yeah. And I think another point that I, we brought up when we were kind of percolating some ideas about this podcast episode, I said, it's so cool that you've evolved with Nathan and I yeah. as a mother. Totally. And like, you're always energized and like, you're all, you're always curious. Like you never let what, what one of my great mentors says is he's always like, I learned the most from the bottom down approach. So people are always like bottom down, (laughs) top down, top down. Yeah. Bottom down. Like hey, that is impossible. Bottom, bottom. No, the bottom. No, no, bottom. I don't know. Never okay. okay. Top down. Sorry, Jesus. Top down approach. Where like he always learns the most from people below him. Or is and it I, bottom up? I don't know, guys. But he, <laughs> she's he gonna get always. He's inspired by the people who have lower positions than him in the company because he's always just he's always learning the most from them and and this is the other thing like I like I said earlier I didn't profess to have the answers so with Skylar I love learning from you Mm. like this is the thing you guys honestly I'm at the stage of life right now with my kids that they you've surpassed like They've surpassed us in so many, especially with technology. And I see like what Sky and Nate are doing. These two are doing far more than we did at your age. It's kind of wild. Yeah. That I'm like, dang, that's so cool. So now it's so wonderful to be in an experience with my children. My parenting is done. Like I'm, I'm just here supporting, guiding when they need me and having this like we have a really great friendship oh my gosh like, like a sisterhood so it's like I love that you know I love that I've got I'm now finally at that space in life with you that we can be friends we've always so, been friends, but you know but what now saying? it's more but like I, but yeah. I've always known like I'm not like oh my kids friends like I mean yeah I appreciate them but no I'm not like telling them my no. stuff I don't even tell you my stuff now really at all you know but it's like you feel, <laughs> you're so cute okay go ahead are we done do we time out no 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 we're good we're good we're good are you sure? yes okay mother 
We're at one hour and 30. This has oh, been the yeah, longest podcast episode ever up. done. This is amazing. Welcome to Syllabus Steps. So this is a time for us to recap what we learned from you. Okay. And also what I, I said some pretty cool stuff yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, and how we can actually integrate all of this insight into our lives. And we said so much juicy information that I can, of course, include in Syllabus Steps on the actual Instagram post. But quickly, like, Things that make you a better person every single day. So regardless of what your clients are bringing to the table that could affect you emotionally or regardless of a situation that happens with me or Nathan or just you personally with your family, with your life, like what are things that you can rely on to make you to level up? I like it. And and, and to to resurface anything that we we talked yeah, about okay. today. So that's a good question. Girl. Yeah. I mean, like, I feel like you have amazing books, like look in your yeah, office. Yeah, I've got so many books. So, um, I'm going to write this okay, down, babe. you guys. Um, I think leveling up, like I said to you before, I think it's always important to know that we're always evolving. Like I'm, mm. I see myself as a perpetual student. I don't think I'll ever get to that space that I'm like, Oh, I'm evolved. I'm cooked. Cause otherwise, like we talked about you're dead. Right. Yeah. And so um, for myself, I think what's important is to consistently do my best and it's not perfect um, to manage what's in my mind and how the stories that I tell myself impact my Mm. heart, my emotions, which then will directly Mm. impact my behavior, which will impact my results in life. Mm. So, and I can always work bottom up with that. Like I can look at the results in my life and go, whoa, whoa, okay. I'm not getting the results I want to get right now. So how am I behaving? Mm. How am I showing up? What's creating that behavior, that procrastination, let's say, well, emotions that I'm not processing through. Um, And then what storyline am I telling myself about whatever's going on? So I'm just trying to stay in tune and checking in um, and then really be cognizant and aware of like the four, like you and I talked about, and I didn't get to mention it here, but always being aware of the four C's that are killer of my joy. So that would be like when I'm controlling, like, mm. I know if I'm in a controlling place, I know that it's like, I'm trying to find safety again. I'm trying to like, I'm experiencing anxiety. So mm. I feel like I need to control X, Y, and Z. Well, that doesn't feel good. No. Right. So, or if I'm in the space of um, competing or criticizing or comparing. Comparing is a killer. It's the comparison. I mean, really all of that. All those are really tough. So I'm trying to be mindful of that. Um, And then also I'm a recovered perfectionist. So I do have to like kind of keep tabs on that and also recovered. Well, I still, well, I'm pretty good about not people pleasing as much and seeking approval. Like that's a big one. Um, But uh, I would have to say like with all these things, you know, this was really fun and exciting. And I think the biggest thing about this is do the inner work. Mm. And don't be afraid, like embrace your emotions. Your emotional life is literally your GPS. That is where it's like, oh, what is this? Stay curious, stay open. Um, Try to understand yourself, you know, and and pay attention to the thought process, the storyline, the beliefs, beliefs. When you recognize those limiting beliefs, catch yourself and pause and go, whoa, what am I telling myself? Observe that, then investigate where it's coming from and then find ways to nurture it and move through that and pivot. Mm. Like we were kind of talking a lot about a lot of pivots. 
So, okay. And then, um, so many books, you guys. Attachment style. Oh yeah. Like one if you're wanting to learn more. The Attached is really great. Attached. That's a great book. And I'll send you all the resources. Yes. I'm reading a really awesome book right now. It's called, um, On Purpose, Living On Purpose. It's really great. Uh, I'll get it to you. But it really starts to help kind of as well with the mindset love. and how to being intentional in your life. And that's good. Um, the book triggers you guys. Oh, I need to read that. How have I not read that? What the heck? Um, It's right there. Yeah. That's incredible. Trigger. Um, Um, uh, uh, you guys, I have so many, so many books and I even have books. Like if you want to ask sky for resources for me, like if you want books on sort of spiritual development, if you want books on mindset, if you want books on relationships, if you want books on working through eating disorders, eating disorders, you name it. Like depression. Yeah. Yeah. And anxiety. Lots to say. Like everything. Did I ask? Did I answer the question? Mom, you so did. Any pod, what are some of your favorite podcasts right now? Regardless. Okay. Mel Robbins. Love her. Love her. Love, love Mel Robbins. Love her. Um, I love how just like sassy and yeah, she's awesome. Um, and she has lots of conversations with her kids. Yeah, which is so freaking cool. Yeah, you know what I think. And I love, yeah. um, of course, I love Jay Shetty. Um, and I love, I'll give it to you guys. There's some really good ones. Cheaper than therapy is really great too. It's these two therapists that kind of banter back about a lot of very yeah. good therapeutic issues. Um, the relationship school podcast is excellent. Mark Groves. Great. He's really great. He's These fantastic. Relationship stuff. So the, the, uh, dear, dear Gabby, dear Gabby, um, oh my God, Glennon Doyle. Glenn, yeah. Oh, we can do hard things. She's excellent. awesome. Um, this, this guy, if you want like people who like, Huberman the bodies, like Huberman lab, he's a Stanford just brilliant dude Love. He talks about the most amazing things so there's so much you guys I'm like a walking the world like is your family. oyster you guys there's so many resources for you to tap into yeah. and we're just here to just emphasize just- them for you and bring them a little bit closer and I feel like you know my mom was one of the reasons why I wanted to start regardless because I would not be where I am now here today living breathing who I am as Skylar without my mother you are my everything. Like I literally do not know what I would freaking do without you. You've you've got the tools, babe. You've got you've got the blueprint. <laughs> what would I call her five million times a day? Ask. Reminders. <laughs> but Aww, you guys, fun, you guys, this is we fun. love you. We'll do it again. We'll do it again. We'll do it again. We'll do it again. Send more questions. Send more questions. Okay. So mom, fill in the blank as we conclude. Yes. Are you ready? So you're making me laugh. So regardless of blank, I am blank. Hmm. Okay. Regardless of what hmm, I face. Okay, that's a good, let me see. Regardless, because we face a lot in our lives. So I got to sit with this. Yeah, regardless of what I face on my path Mm. and journey in life, Mm. 
I am supported. I love that. And whether that supports come in and I within myself yep. that I have to I have to find ways to create that support. And or I can also reach out to people that I love. I love that. that. I feel safe with I love support. That. Mommy. Yeah. So good. that was great. It was so much fun. You're the best. I love you. Thanks for listening to Regardless. I hope you've learned something from this month's soul conversation and will apply it to your very own syllabus. Join me next month for a new guest, a new tool, and a new perspective. If you found value in this podcast, please empower your tribe by sharing, leaving a comment, review, and or subscribe. Catch new episodes on the second and fourth week of every month on all major audio podcast platforms. For more information about my life and updates about the podcast, head to my Instagram at Skylar Sorkin and at Regardless the Pod. Thank you for tuning into Regardless. Thank you for being vulnerable and talking about the uncomfortable. Now go kick some ass.